Welcome to the Between the Banners podcast. I am Brandon Anderson, joined here by Tanya Bondurant following the announcement of the NCAA tournament bracket. The North Carolina Tar Heels are announced as the number one seed in the Midwest, making them the third overall seed for the tournament. Tanya, after the following the announcements, what were some of your impressions of what the Tar Heels may expect come Friday? I mean, I think it's definitely a tough region, but I think it's very winnable. Uh, There are some tough teams in there, but I think also Carolina is playing really good basketball. Teams should be pretty afraid of having to match up with them, and I think that's something that we kind of lose sight of when thinking about this thing. Teams also have to play Carolina, and I can't imagine that a lot of teams want to after their performance in the ACC tournament. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. North Carolina is coming off of a lot of really good wins. I mean, since the Virginia game, they really only lost against Duke, and that was, of course, during the ACC tournament this past weekend. Um, Looking through the teams that are at least on the side of Carolina, I don't see anybody extremely threatening to them in terms of making it to the Elite Eight game. Tanya, what do you kind of see when you're looking at this part that the Tar Heels are going to have to worry about through the initial parts of this? I mean, I think the team that most people are going to look at and be worried about is Kansas because we feel like Kansas has sort of had our number recently. But Kansas this year is not Kansas of years prior. They are kind of struggle-busting it into the tournament. And, yeah, that's going to be pretty much a de facto road game if Kansas even makes it there, but there's no guarantee that they do. Um, Auburn had a really good performance in the SEC championship game against Tennessee, but they did it on the back of shooting 40 three-pointers. I don't think that's sustainable, and I don't think that they could do that against Carolina, Uh, but those are definitely the two teams that are probably going to pique people's interest on the top side of the bracket. Yeah, and looking at Kansas, I think the big things that people seem to forget when talking about them, they're missing a few key players. Azabuki's not playing for the rest of the season. Vic had to leave the team for the rest of the season. D'Souza was basically forced away from the team for the rest of the season. Really, this is a Kansas team that I'm not saying they're fortunate to be in the tournament because that's... That's crazy talk, but basically what I am saying is that Kansas is in a very dangerous position having Carolina on their side of the bracket. And kind of going back to what you were saying about Auburn, you know, they had a really good performance earlier today. They scored an absurd amount of three-pointers, but you and I had a conversation earlier about how you can't really expect that many three-pointers to fall, especially during the NCAA tournament. So I would see the question being, you know, how hot can they really stay with their shooting performance? Looking on the other side of that particular region, Kentucky found their way into North Carolina's bracket, but so did a lot of other interesting teams. Tanya, what are the more interesting matchups maybe that you see on this end, and who do you think will end up making their way to the Elite Eight? I think this is definitely the more difficult side of the bracket. You have Kentucky, you have Houston, you have Iowa State, 
And don't sleep on Wofford. I mean, they've been pretty good. Um, Iowa State's probably going to be a trendy pick coming out of that bottom half of the bracket just because they've had a pretty good season. Kentucky is also going to be a trendy Final Four pick, I think. But let's not forget that Kentucky also didn't make it to their conference championship game. So it's going. It's not going to be easy by any means. But I also just don't think there are any teams in this bracket that Carolina can't beat. They just have to play their game and hope that they don't get as unlucky as they did in the Duke game as far as good shots not falling. Um, there, There's definitely competition here. I just... I do believe that Carolina can match up with most of them. Um, and you have to think that the Tar Heels would be excited to get a rematch against Kentucky. Yeah, I absolutely agree that it looks like whoever would make it out of this uh, particular part of the bracket, Carolina has a pretty good chance of you know moving on to Minneapolis. I will say Iowa State is kind of an intriguing one to me. But there's nothing to say that they'll get much further than Houston. But even then, when we talk about Houston, looking over their schedule, it wasn't exactly the toughest schedule. And they lost three, uh, the most recent one to Cincinnati. And so even that one's a wild card. I believe it was one of the analysts on CBS picked Houston to make it to the Final Four. I'm not sure that I quite agree with that, but... It is what it is. Wofford is definitely dangerous, as you said. Kentucky, I feel like, is going to be the biggest threat to Carolina making it to the Final Four. I just, I am a fan as much as I can be of Reed Travis. I think that he does a lot of good things for Kentucky, but also they have other good pieces that have kind of kept them afloat, even though they weren't able to dominate the SEC like they usually do. Um, Tanya, kind of looking at this part in particular, do you have maybe a hot prediction right now? I... I do, but I I feel almost, like, weird saying it. But, like, I could easily see some crazy stuff happening at the bottom of that bracket. And, like, Wofford takes on Kentucky, goes unconscious from three, and, like, beats them. I'm not saying that will happen. It's just that I can envision a world in which that happens. Um, That's basically a good recipe of how to beat them. I think that's kind of what Tennessee did to Kentucky on Saturday in the semifinals of the SEC. Um, so that's like my tepid take, I guess, because I'm I'm too afraid to go on record saying it like will happen. Yeah, if there's anybody that I feel like is going to surprise out of this bracket, even though it might, or this particular region, I apologize for that, um... I would say that it would probably be Wofford. I think we know too much about Wofford at this point. They beat Carolina last year, and while we beat them this year, we know that Fletcher McGee can get really hot from three uh, with his very unique shooting style. Um, Kind of covering just the other number one seeds that we ended up having make 
or, you know, earn that particular spot. Duke was the number one overall seed. There's not a whole lot of surprise there. Virginia was the number two overall seed, so they also earned a number one seed. And then there was Gonzaga. Tanya, Gonzaga's side of the bracket. Wow. It's weirdly sneaky tough. Like, I think most people saw the Midwest for Carolina and were like, oof, that deck is really stacked against them. But I think that Gonzaga's is pretty stacked against them, too. That's that's a really tough region. There are a lot of teams in there that can give you trouble. Um, I, I would not want it myself, uh, is what I'm saying. Yeah, the bracket for Gonzaga is something that we were talking about it in Slack, and I basically, after I saw that, after processing Carolina's bracket and then seeing that, I was just like, you know what? I think we're good. Having to run into Syracuse, potentially, having Ja Morant and Murray State in that bracket, Nevada's in that bracket, Florida State, Michigan, it's just, I would want no part of it. If there was any bracket or any region that you can make it into, I feel like that's the one that I would want to steer clear from. So Gonzaga is going to have their work cut out for them for sure. Yeah. And I think that all the two seeds are difficult. Like there's not an easy two seed that you can point to and say like, Oh, I wish I had gotten them. I think that Michigan put up a really good fight against Michigan State in the Big Ten title game. Um, They did a lot of good things. They were leading for most of the game. Michigan State's a really good team, and they came back at the end. But um, Carolina saw what Michigan can do early on in the season. They had a couple of tough losses, but Michigan State did too. Um, All the two seeds are tough, but I, I, I would not want that West bracket at all. Not at all. Not at all. One of the hopes that Carolina fans had about the tournament was potentially playing in South Carolina, um, but it didn't quite work out that way. And so now the Heels will find themselves in Columbus, Ohio, to open up the tournament against Iona. Uh, Tanya, what do you think about the location that the Tar Heels landed into just to start off? And then also, what's maybe your early take about the game against Iona? I think a lot is made about playing close to home, and I definitely get it. Um, Unfortunately, Duke and Virginia are both opening in Columbia, South Carolina, so UNC couldn't do the same. Columbus isn't the worst location in the world. It's only about a seven-hour drive from Chapel Hill, so it's definitely doable. And as we know, uh, Tar Heel fans are everywhere, so I I definitely expect there to be a pretty good contingent of light blue in the stands. Um, Iona does not seem like a team that can be a UMBC. Uh, they are 17 and 15 in the MAC. Um, that's Mac with, with two A's, um, this season. They did beat the likes of Hartford and, um, Ryder and, um, 
Monmouth, but there's not a whole lot there that should make Carolina fans feel like they are in danger of being the next Virginia, and that's always good news. So the the location is definitely not ideal, but I think we can make it work, and um, I think the tougher thing will be playing in Kansas City uh, if they make it there, and hopefully they do. Yeah, and if they do make it to Kansas City, we definitely should hope that Kansas doesn't get there for no other reason than it would basically be a home game. Really, there's not much other reason to really be afraid of that. But, yeah, Columbus, Ohio isn't the worst spot for sure. Being somebody that came from the Midwest, I can assure you that there are a lot of Tar Heel fans in the Midwest, and I'm sure that there's a good amount in Ohio. It's not a bad drive. I think overall, it's just not the worst draw that they could have gotten. In terms of what maybe to expect in the game against Iona, we do know now that Leaky Black will be back for the NCAA tournament. Try saying that two times fast. Um, Sterling Manley should also be more available. We've seen him in you know a spurt of like a couple minutes at a time recently, but we maybe should see him get some extended minutes. Basically, UNC should be fully loaded and good to go for this game and the games going forward. I would be shocked if they kind of, you know, succumb to the fate that Virginia did last year. I do think that things will get really interesting the game after potentially, but who knows? You know, we'll kind of see from there. Um, From what I hear, Utah State has a lot of size, but also Carolina isn't exactly a small team either, and not to mention they've just been playing some really good basketball. Yeah, I think that the 8-9 game, it will be interesting to see. Um, But, I mean, it's just hard to look at the... Like, it's one, it's difficult to look forward before you play your first game, even if that first game is against the 16 seed. But also, I think it's hard to just break down all of the possibilities because you don't know who is going to be on the other side. Um, I think either of those teams will present their own complications um, and challenges, but I think UNC should be in a pretty good position to make it further than they did last year, and that's always exciting. Yeah, there's no Texas A&M to run into, and so that always makes things easier. But if we're being honest, this year's team might be able to hang with Texas A&M of last year a bit better, but we'll never know. So, you know, that's not really something we'll have to worry about. Brandon, do you have a hot take about your prediction for how far the Tar Heels will get in the tournament? I feel like the Tar Heels have a fair chance of getting to the Final Four. I would be shocked if they don't at least make it to the Sweet 16, but I think... Maybe my gut reaction would be that they make it to the national title game, but, you know, it's a little rough on the other end of that with, you know, that team in Durham and Gonzaga and everybody that's on Gonzaga's 
or in Gonzaga's region. So I think my hot prediction is they make it to the national title game, but I'm not going to say it out loud, but I'm sure that everybody here knows what I'm thinking. Tanya, what would your hot prediction be? I feel like they have a very good chance of making it to the Elite Eight, and my hot take is going to be that they make it to the Final Four. I don't know what happens after that. I would need to see how everything shakes out, but I feel pretty good about the Elite Eight in this moment before any games have been played. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you there. I think the Elite Eight is very obtainable. Things definitely get exceptionally harder from there so I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see how things play out we all know that they call it March Madness for a reason so things can just get really chaotic really quickly well this will do it for this edition of the Tar Heel Blog podcast follow us on social media at Tar Heel Blog for coverage of the NCAA tournament also if you haven't gotten a chance please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast provider and leave us a review or a comment. We'll talk to you guys soon.